Chapter 41 I'm not doing that, Ivy was adamant. Harley groaned. Is this how it's going to be with everything? You're just going to be shitty and stubborn. Yes, the redhead confirmed. Those are two adjectives regularly used to describe me. Batman just called me both of those things last night. God damn it, Pamela, Harley knocked her forehead on the steering wheel in frustration. Sometimes we sane people have to make sacrifices. Right, Ivy nodded. Like killing your gymnastics coach rather than actually dealing with your problems. Harleen laughed, though there was little humor in the sound. Oh, that's rich coming from you. Listen, sweet cheeks. You signed a contract. This bit was always in there. And I know you were aware of it because you read the damn thing about 15 times. Sweet cheeks. Is that a central Gotham thing? Ivy asked with a bite to her tone. The blonde exhaled. I'm not going to do this with you right now, okay? I don't have the energy for it. I'm not Selena Kyle. Bitchiness isn't my first language. Ivy snorted. I'm serious, Harleen told her. I've got a lot on my plate right now between me and Harley and Arkham and you and Batman, just this once, I need things to go smoothly so I don't get a call from a menacing voice telling me that you were disputing the contract again. Fine, Ivy spat, opening the passenger side door. But I still don't understand why I have to do this. Sex sells, Ivy, and we're trying to sell environmentalism. It's degrading, Ivy argued. It's your M.O. on a larger scale, was Dr. Quinzel's retort. This isn't rocket science. You're going to put on your suit, smile for the camera, and then come right back out here, all right. Easy. You're not coming in. Ivy asked, her green skin reflecting oddly in the moonlight. Harley shook her head. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I'll be right here. Don't kill anybody, okay? I can't make any promises, Ivy grumbled, pulling herself out of the car and heading for the lit building. Harley watched as she stopped a few feet from the car, turning back momentarily to toss a small baggie that she'd drawn from the pocket of her trench coat at Harley. What's this? Harley caught it, examining its contents. It appeared to contain vegetable capsules of some kind. It's anxiety medication, Ivy called over her shoulder. Where'd you get it? Harleen asked. I made it, Pamela told her. But my apologies for being such a horrible nuisance. Sloppy, Batman slammed Batgirl to the ground. Which part? Batgirl grunted. He grabbed her arm and twisted it behind her back. Form, approach, all of it. Batgirl yelped at the discomfort of their position and attempted to wiggle free, but Batman held her down. You can do better than this. I've seen it. Poison Ivy sat in the corner watching the ordeal with vague disinterest. She seems a bit preoccupied to me. I don't need the peanut gallery, but thank you anyway, Dr. Isley, Batgirl huffed as she finally got the proper leverage to push her trainer off of her. Anytime, sweet cheeks, Ivy chuckled at the joke she seemed to be sharing mostly with herself. Why don't you have Robin train her? Wouldn't that be a better fight? Batman was curt. I train my protégés myself. How thorough of you, Ivy examined her nails. I'm sorry, are we boring you? 
Batman asked. Yes, Ivy nodded vigorously. That's exactly what you're doing. Fine, Batman got up off the mat. You tag in then. No vines. And Batgirl, I want to see some control. Don't go into it angry. What possible reason would I have to be angry with her? Batgirl asked without even a hint of authenticity. Poison Ivy roused herself from where she sat and started over towards the girl in her usual confident strut. She reached the mat and crossed her arms, waiting for Batgirl to approach. Poison Ivy was a defensive fighter. She watched and waited for her opponent to tip their hand or make a mistake. But Batgirl knew she had weaknesses. Plenty of them, in fact. For one, she was incredibly cocky. She went into every fight expecting to come out victorious in some grand capacity. Batman had taught Batgirl to settle for small victories. Landing a solid blow every few passes would eventually add up. Batgirl didn't need a knockout blow, she just needed to outlast her opponent, outmaneuver her until Ivy got frustrated and started fighting emotionally. The problem was Batgirl was an emotional fighter, so this would be a battle of tempers as much as one of bodies or minds. Batgirl moved forward with her hands up in a boxer's stance. She tried a sloppy jab that Ivy dodged rather easily by swaying a few inches to the left. The vigilante moved in a bit closer, trying the same move with her other fist. Again, no contact was made. Ivy smirked and Batgirl moved to make it look like she would swing with her right arm again, but as Ivy made her move to dip out of the way, Batgirl came back with a powerful jab with her left, striking poison Ivy in the trachea. The woman sputtered and choked. Good, Batman praised his protege. Batgirl was smiling over at him, appreciative for the pat on the back, when she felt a strong leg land a kick in her side. The young vigilante wobbled, but stayed on her feet, turning her attention back to Ivy who did not seem at all happy. Ivy approached and swung her fist at the girl's head, but Batgirl caught it, using the woman's momentum to flip her over onto her back. Unfortunately, Batgirl didn't even have time to gloat before she felt a wet vine coil around her neck. Isley! Batman shouted. No vines! The green monstrosity unraveled from the woman's neck and slithered back into the darkest recesses of the Batcave. Poison Ivy's new suit amplified her connection with the plants to a degree where she no longer had to direct them with her movements, they were simply an extension of her thought process now. Batgirl found these new abilities unsettling. Would you have killed her? Batman asked the plant queen. If I wasn't here. Poison Ivy's eyes began to slowly de-escalate in the intensity of their color. I just wanted to get her off of me. Batman seemed to accept the answer. I'm sending the two of you out on patrol together tomorrow as a team. Do you think you can handle that? Chapter 42 Poison Ivy wasn't with someone. She just happened to frequently share a home with someone and wanted to be around them as much as possible. It wasn't like she and Harleen braided each other's hair or whatever. Is that what people do when they're with someone? Somehow that doesn't seem right, well, anyway, they didn't cuddle or sleep in the same bed. Not that Harleen didn't try, Ivy knew she was trying, but it felt claustrophobic. Like everything was coming at her all at once. Poison Ivy, Pamela Isley and Paula Irving all colliding in a jumble of general discomfort. Harleen sometimes fell asleep next to Ivy, 
but Ivy rarely slept at night, so, no, they didn't really sleep in the same bed. That's not to say that Ivy didn't like Harleen, she did, she liked her a lot. As much as she'd ever liked a human, Pamela Isley or otherwise. But Ivy had made an error in her calculations, Harley wanted to be a gardener as well. Metaphorically speaking. Literally, she showed little interest in Ivy's plants. Harleen might want a controlling presence in her life, but she also wanted to be helpful. It was her way. And now here she was, standing in the doorway, a towel around her body, and her blonde hair still damp from the shower. And there Ivy was, sitting on the bed in her pajamas reading a botanical journal. There was something so domestic about their situation and Ivy, frankly, found the whole thing a bit strange. Just how comfortable it felt. It was like a natural progression, like even when Ivy was still in Arkham there had been an unspoken agreement between the two that there would eventually be something this something. Poison Ivy didn't believe in fate, but if had, she may have believed she and Harleen to be an example of it. The domesticity wasn't foreign to Ivy and wasn't altogether uncomfortable. Poison Ivy thrived on routines. She woke up every morning as the dawn turned to daylight, went about watering her greenhouse and house plants, laid out in the sun, worked in her lab, and then would take up her nefarious responsibilities once the sun had gone down. Now her plants had been taken away. Well, most of them, anyway. The ones that ate people. Paula Irving had a job, just like Pamela used to when she was young. Sure, her credentials were falsified, but it's not like she wasn't qualified. She had a PhD, after all. In a different subject but a PhD is a PhD. So Ivy would go to work and then come home, and sometimes Harley would be there, and when she wasn't, Ivy wished that she was. She didn't know why she wanted her to be there, Ivy didn't mind being alone, she just, sometimes, preferred it when Harley was there. And then at night she fulfilled her obligation to Batman. I'm sorry, Harley said from the doorway, rousing Ivy from her thoughts. For what? Ivy asked. She knew for what but she wanted a complete apology. Harleen sighed, sitting down at the end of the bed. I'm sorry I made it sound like you were just something to deal with. Did it? She ventured. Hurt your feelings when I said that. Ugh. Ivy hated when she did that, like she was checking to see if Ivy had backtracked on her empathy every three seconds. It hurt my feelings a little, yes, Ivy admitted, both to appease Harley and because it held some truth. Well, I'm sorry, Harley repeated, gently placing her hand on Ivy's leg. The younger woman's smile brightened. I think whatever you gave me really helped. Pretty sure Harley moved out, for the time being, at least. Ivy nodded, genuinely happy to hear that but not wanting to allow Harleen too many victories. The blonde bit her lip. I have a question. Ivy sighed. Harley had a lot of questions. She leaned back against her pillow, preparing herself for whatever the other woman had in store. Go ahead. The blonde laid down on the bed and propped herself up on one elbow, her other hand moving to push Ivy's tank top off of her stomach. The redhead flinched but didn't bat it away. How come I've never seen you lift weights? Harley asked, prompting an expression from Pam that could only be described as WTF. I'm serious. Harley laughed. I've been training for years, sometimes six hours a day back when I was competing. 
She traced her finger along the lines of Ivy's faint abdominal muscles. And no offense but I mean, you're a total nerd. You wear glasses because you actually need them. Ivy laughed too. You're wondering why I look like I was created in a lab by pervy scientists. Honestly, yeah. Harley placed her whole palm on the woman's stomach, aware that's exactly what had happened. What gives? The body is one side effect I can live with, Ivy tried her best to calm her trigger. My mutation sped my metabolism, that's all. And that shot I gave you sped yours as well, so you're welcome. Not quite to the same degree, but you could probably ease up on the gym time a little, or maybe increase your caloric intake. Harleen laughed. I think I like what's behind door number two, her laugh faded into a smile. But you get all your nutrients from the sun, right? It's why you lay out on the back porch in the mornings. I eat real food too, sometimes, Ivy answered, thankful that the girl's hand was still. All vegetables, though. My system has a difficult time handling anything else. Oh. Harley nodded, her eyes drifting back to the woman's green stomach. And water, you must like it when it rains. Ivy smiled. I do. Yes. So you like it when it rains. Harleen tapped her fingers on the green skin below her hand, mimicking the patter of raindrops. And you like it when the sun shines. She opened her palm again and rubbed it in smooth circles. What are you, what are you doing? Ivy asked, her words catching slightly. Harley smiled up at her, repeating the pattern of tapping and rubbing on her stomach. On a psychological level I'm showing you that humans can be just as gentle as Mother Nature. Clinically, I am performing sensory integration therapy. Your skin was poisonous to the touch for 31 years and now naturally. Your nervous system gets a little fried when physical contact is initiated. I'm trying to teach your body a more natural response to the stimuli. Oh yeah. Ivy squirmed under her doctor's touch. And what is the natural response to this supposed to be? Harleen shrugged. What do you feel when the sun hits you? Ivy closed her eyes for a moment. Contentedness, she decided. Well, then, Kamala, Harley smiled briefly, leaning over to kiss Ivy on the cheek. How about you let me be your sunshine for a little while? Remind me what it is we're doing, again. Ivy asked through the betradio. She hated how Batman put that prefix before everything. The Batmobile, the Batcave, the Batcopter, she assumed this naming system extended into his more personal items as well Bat-toilet, Bat-a-well, Bat-toothbrush, he'd have a gold mine on his hands if he could market it correctly. Betrazer, Bat-blanket, Bat-faucet. It's Patrol, Ivy. Your version of community service, Batman's garbled voice came over the radio. Ivy sat down on a ledge and watched as Batgirl sprinted to the edge of the roof and launched onto the next building, the powder blue underside of her cape flapping with her momentum as she landed in a somersault, rolling over and popping up onto her feet. So far it seems like Patrol is just watching Batgirl tire herself out. Well, tell her to slow down, Batman responded. I've got something for you. An art gallery downtown, someone just descended through the skylight. Oh, I don't think so. Ivy moved the radio closer to her mouth so he would really get the message. I'm not getting in the middle of a lover's quarrel. We both know exactly who is robbing that art gallery. 
The radio was silent for a moment before Batman came back with an unconvincing, we don't necessarily know it's her. Yes, we absolutely do. Ivy countered. I'm not stopping your fuck buddy on your behalf. That is a bridge too far. The channel was silent again, for longer this time. You're under contract. What? What's going on? Batgirl was suddenly next to Ivy on the roof, panting hard. Ivy looked at the girl with something between disgust and amusement. Has anyone ever told you that you bear a striking resemblance to a Labrador retriever? Catwoman ducked underneath the last laser separating her from her prize, the 2,500-year-old bronze statue of the Egyptian cat god, Bastet. She licked her lips greedily. End of story. Sorry. Poison Ivy relished as she and Batgirl were lowered through the skylight on a thick vine. Just the first chapter. Catwoman whipped around. You have got to be kidding me. Afraid not, Batgirl tried to match Ivy's confident, menacing tone. Catwoman laughed. Oh, Pamela. You sure do know how to pick M. Look, Cat, Ivy crossed her arms. We can do this the easy way or the hard way. The easy way involves you leaving that overpriced garden gnome where you found it and quietly slipping away, back to whatever veterinary hospital you crawled out of. Catwoman was clearly amused by this exchange. And what's the hard way? Are you going to PSA me to death? I saw your posters by the way, she chuckled cute. You sold your soul to get out of Arkham, and now you're the figurehead for Gotham's anti-littering campaign. Seems like an appropriate use of your talents. Ivy's eyes glowed a brighter shade of green as her vines began to maneuver around the lasers towards the brunette. Ah. The thief feigned disappointment. Is that all the hero back and forth I get? And you were doing so well, she cartwheeled into a mass of lasers, deftly avoiding each one. The sudden movement caused one of the vines to stumble and trip up the alarm. With the lasers off, the three women had free reign of the floor space despite the obnoxious and insistent beeping of the alarm. The police would be there soon. Batgirl started a sprint towards the thief. Claws. Ivy yelled over the noise. Watch out for her. Batgirl screeched in pain as Catwoman's pointed gloves ripped through the shoulder of her suit. Ivy sighed. Yeah, that seems about right. A vine shot out and wrapped around Catwoman's waist, holding her in place so that Batgirl could exact her revenge. She approached, anger reflected in her wide blue eyes, and raised her fist. The vigilante loaded up for a knockout blow, but faltered on the follow-through, dropping her arm limply at her side. What? Did Batman forget to teach you to throw a punch? Catwoman smirked. No. Batgirl huffed. I just happen to know you're too pretty to punch in the face. And with that, she sucker-punched her. Catwoman doubled over in pain and Batgirl brought her knee up, connecting with the woman's forehead, sending a resounding crack echoing through the gallery. I thought you said you wouldn't be injuring her face. Ivy crossed her arms. Batgirl shrugged. A bump on the head has been known to do people some good. MHM, sure, let's go, Ivy narrowed her eyes, climbing back onto her vine. No way. Batgirl protested. We're waiting to hand her over to the cops. Ivy shook her head. Catwoman is coming with us. Batgirl was confused.
Why? She's not a villain. She's just selfish, Ivy reminded her, putting her foot down on the issue. With a groan of annoyance, Batgirl threw the unconscious woman over her shoulder. Fine, but she owes us. Ivy smirked. Indeed she does. Chapter 43 Selina Kyle woke up with an awful headache. She groaned and rolled over in search of a clock. What time is it? And where am I? Were questions that needed answering. Oh, she was in her own loft, in her own bed, in her cat-themed pajamas. That's lucky, how did she? Selina noticed a folded piece of paper propped in front of her alarm clock. In Pamela's well-plotted cursive it read, Kitty Cat. We hope you had a nice rest, you psycho. You already have like 13 billion cat statues. For the love of Gaia, do something meaningful with your life. Sincerely. Ivy. Selina turned the paper over to find another note written in a sloppier scrawl. This one said. Take the Advil on the table, two pills every six hours. It's an anti-inflammatory, so it should help the swelling go down, duh. I also saw some ice packs in the fridge. Use those. You probably know that already. Sorry. Not for kneeing you in the head. You deserved that. The second note wasn't signed, but Catwoman knew who it was from. She reached for the pile of Advil on the bedside table, six in total, and swallowed them all at once. Fucking bats, she mumbled. Turning her in was absolutely not an option, Ivy postured. You wouldn't have done it either. It wasn't your call, Batman matched her stance. Ivy laughed. Sure it was. Next time she tries something, you go and stop her yourself. Then it will be your call. Selina and I have a history same as you, Batman. I'm not turning her in for a petty theft. That statue was appraised at $15,000. Batman struggled to keep his tone even. Like I said, Ivy repeated, like maybe he hadn't heard her the first time. A petty theft. The vigilante started the redhead down for a moment. If looks could kill, Poison Ivy's funeral would be sparsely attended. Are you okay, Batgirl? He eventually asked the other woman, not taking his eyes off the former villain. Ah uh, yeah, Batgirl said, nervously watching the exchange in front of her. Just a little scratch. Good, Batman nodded, moving his attention to his protege. Do you think you can handle another mission tonight? Ivy scoffed. Would you be asking Robin that question? Or do you not think two women can handle more than one physical exertion in a 24-hour period? Man or woman, an injury is an injury, the bat growled. I am concerned about her well-being, same as I would be Robin's. What an enlightened statement of you, Batman, Ivy sneered. He narrowed his eyes again. Their gridlock could have lasted forever if not for Batgirl interrupting with, so, what's the mission? It's the Joker, Batman told them. We caught his goons ferrying in explosive material. Seems like he's planning to make a bomb. Making a bomb from explosive materials, you say? How peculiar. Ivy tapped her finger on her chin, pretending to be deep in thought. Batman was clearly resisting the urge to hit her. Robin's already at the site. And what about Joker? Batgirl asked.
Is he there? Batman shook his head. We've got eyes on him at the Iceberg Lounge. Then why the hell don't we go there? Ivy asked, incredulous. Cut the head off the snake. And don't you dare say because I said so. Because I said so. I can't get a visual of the interior, Batman, Robin's voice came over the radio as the other three members of the team sat in the branches of a tree about 100 yards from the warehouse. Robin, evidently, had a better vantage point. Hold on, Poison Ivy pressed her hand to the tree's trunk and closed her eyes. Batman and Batgirl watched her in silence through the slits in their cowls. After a few moments, Ivy's eyelids fluttered open, and with a cocky smirk, she told them, my friend here says he saw them load at least 600 pounds of C4. Cheap explosive, if you ask me. But nobody asked you, Batman intoned. Ivy made a face and then continued. There are three men inside, none of which are the Joker or his main goons. Those two must be with him at the iceberg. He probably heard we went after Catwoman and thought we were preoccupied, Batgirl peered through the branches at the warehouse. How do you want to play it? Robin and I will move in first. Batman began. Or. Ivy hopped down from the tree and threw a handful of seeds onto the ground. We could try it this way. The seeds began to sprout into thick, strong vines that slithered at record pace towards the warehouse. The bats watched as the plants entered the building and gunfire erupted inside. A few moments later, the unconscious bodies of the three men were placed on the grass just outside the metal door, ensnared in the vines. Ivy was clearly pleased with herself. All done. You can go get the explosives, Batman, I don't want to put my babies in harm's way. Let's go, Batgirl, the Dark Knight grumbled. What are we gonna do with the explosives? Batgirl asked as she was joined by Robin at the entrance of the warehouse. We're going to make sure it's stable, and then we're going to call the GCPD. Gordon will want to have a look at this. Nice job, Ivy, Robin smiled as the plant queen approached. I was really hoping I wouldn't have to mess with those automatics. Just doing my part, Ivy responded facetiously. Robin didn't seem to mind the sarcasm. He just smiled wider at her and jogged to meet the bats near the crates of explosives. The site was swarming with police and media within the hour. Vicky Vale desperately wanted an interview with one of the heroes and seemed especially interested in Poison Ivy. Go ahead, Batgirl nudged her. I'm not doing a television interview, Ivy snapped. Batgirl rolled her eyes. You know how babies say no all the time. Did you ever grow out of that phase, or? Ivy elbowed the girl in the side. Hey. Listen, you can plug your cause, all right. Just assure the people at home that Joker won't be blowing anything up tonight, and then pivot to environmentalism. Vicky was beckoning her over. Poison Ivy, she shouted. Is it true you're one of the good guys now? Good guys? Ivy hated that term. She trudged over to the blonde with the microphone. I was never a bad guy, Vicky. Only a villain to those among us that disgrace the bounties humbly offered by Mother Nature. Vicky arched an eyebrow. Right, but is it true you're fighting alongside Batman now? Batman has decided to begin taking on my cause for a healthier planet. 
We now have a common goal that allows us to put aside some of our previously irreconcilable differences, Ivy told her. And tonight, Vicky started. You helped Batman and his team foil the Joker's scheme. We confiscated his explosives, Ivy nodded, yes. Bombs are destructive to everyone plant and human alike. Point taken, Vicky smiled, clearly pleased with the relative pleasantness of this exchange. Will you be assisting Batman on future missions? Ivy nodded again. We've built a coalition specifically to combat pollution and the destructive tendencies of some of my former peers. The Joker, however, is friend to no one, villain or hero. Of that, I can assure you. The Joker sat at the bar watching Poison Ivy's interview with great interest. They raided my stash. Yeah, they sure did, boss, one of his goons agreed. Shut up, Rocco, the clown snapped. The bat is one thing, he and I have a sort of rapport. And engaging back and forth, his lips stretched into his wide smile. But the plant bitch will get what's coming to her. Yeah, but Poison Ivy don't have any friends, boss, Rocco reminded him. So, how you gonna figure out where Ta find her? Joker swatted at him forcefully. No one has friends in this business, you idiot. We have acquaintances, and here's one of hers now. Rocco watched as a fully costumed Catwoman entered the establishment. Chapter 44 Catwoman couldn't go out as Selina Kyle, not tonight anyway. The goose egg on her head was too obvious. So she pulled her costume back on, which without a doubt needed a wash, and headed to the place no one in town would dare mess with her, the Iceberg Lounge. The cavernous establishment, owned and operated by the notorious Oswald Cobblepot, was where Gotham's most infamous villains gathered to blow off steam, or in Catwoman's case, conduct their business transactions. Selina only kept a small portion of the trinkets that she stole, the rest she moved on the black market. True, she likes shiny things, but she also liked money, specifically making money. Selina also didn't have any alcohol in her house for some reason, and because of her embarrassment at getting her ass handed to her by some newbie, and hero Ivy, she wanted to be somewhere that people had to respect her. She'd worked a long time to earn her place as a pillar of this community, and it was times like this when she got to cash in. So Catwoman sat at the bar alone on a Friday night, nursing her whiskey and wishing she didn't feel sorry for herself. She couldn't believe Poison Ivy actually followed through with that bullshit. Like, really? Since when has Ivy ever kept her word? Especially when Batman is involved. On the bright side, Catwoman was now a shoe-in for this year's Gotham's sexiest villain, a meaningless award given out by a sleazy publication that she openly disliked. Poison Ivy had won the last two years in a row, not that it bothered Catwoman, she didn't need validation from a bunch of sweaty men with more typos in their magazine than a child's letter to Santa Claus. Good evening, a deep male voice greeted from behind her. Selina turned around to find Harvey Dent smiling at her with half of his face, the other half seemed none too pleased. Is there something I can help you with, Two-Face? Oh please, the man chuckled, leaning against the bar. Call me Harvey. Okay, Harvey. Catwoman took a sip of her drink. What do you want? Is a conversation too much to ask? Harvey wanted to know. Tonight. Yes. Yes, it is. Harvey looked her over. You had a rough go of it lately. 
Selena sighed. I'm not sure what's going on here. Are you hitting on me? Look, I don't want to piss off Big Harv, but the answer is no. That's not what I wanted, Harvey sat down on the stool next to her, his good side facing her, much to Catwoman's relief. The Joker's trying to rope me into a poker game. Ah, Catwoman set down her now empty glass. And I take it that one of your faces doesn't have a poker face. He evidently didn't get the joke because Big Harve responded with a curt, Joker cheats. Fine, then, Catwoman signaled to the waiter. Can I get you anything? The man settled in. Whatever you're having. Selena held up two fingers to the waiter. So what's got you down? Two-Face asked. I believe you've misunderstood, we are not friends, she nodded at the waiter as their drinks were delivered. Harvey took a sip. We used to be. Me, you and Bruce. Selena nodded somberly. Yeah, Bruce is kind VE on my shit list right now. Harvey arched his brow, Big Harve seemed uninterested in the exchange. Why's that? Oh, you know Bruce, Catwoman laughed. I bet you could guess. Running around on your again? Harvey asked. Something like that, Selena took a long sip. Harvey followed suit, swallowing loudly. Have you seen Pam's posters? Selena smiled despite herself. How did I know you were going to bring it around to her? Yeah, Pam's on my shit list too. She and that blonde bimbo she's hanging around with. Who, Batgirl? No, Catwoman shook her head. Just a little fling she's having. Sorry to break it to you, Harve, but Ivy likes girls. Ha, Big Harve laughed. Not when she was with me, she didn't. Selena emptied her glass again and set it face down on the bar. Okay, honorable you just keep telling yourself that, she got up and sauntered towards the door. Where are you going? Harvey asked. I called a car, she told him, not turning back. As riveting as this conversation is, I don't want them idling outside on my dime. If you see her, tell her I said hello, Two-Face said pathetically. Oh, I will, Selena chuckled as she stepped out onto the street. It was approaching 2 a.m., and there were very few cars on the road. Selena searched the curbs for a moment before realizing that her car hadn't arrived yet. Peeved cold and more than a little drunk, she waited with her arms crossed over her chest in a childish pout. What the fuck do I pay them for? She wondered. It wasn't long before a dark town car pulled up alongside her at the curb. Finally, she muttered, walking over to the passenger side window. She knocked and it rolled down for her. You're 15 minutes late, she complained to the driver. My apologies, miss, a sharp and distinctive voice said whimsically. In the shadows of the car's interior, Selena could just make out the glint of bright white teeth. Like a Cheshire cat, the clown prince of crime emerged from the darkness, holding a flower in his outstretched hand. Catwoman knew she was in trouble even before he squeezed the thing, sending a billow of pink particulates towards her. Shit. Chapter 45 You stink, Ivy said bluntly, nudging Harley with her foot from where she sat at the other end of the couch. Ah, thank you, the blonde replied distractedly as she flipped through the TV channels. No, I'm serious, Ivy knocked the remote from the girl's hand. Harley glared at her with an expression far worse than anything the redhead had received from Batman.
Never. Ever. Do that. Again. Or what? Ivy stifled a laugh. Are you going to slap me with another diagnosis? Ha ha, Dr. Quinzel said pointedly. Don't test me. I have already tested you, and I find the whole thing rather exhausting. Ivy pulled her knees to her chest and continued with her calculation. Right, Harley agreed. Because I beat you like 50% of the time. Ivy shook her head without lifting her eyes from her paper. I can't have this disagreement with you again. I can banter all the live long day, but it's not the day anymore, it's. She glanced at the clock on the wall, 2.03 a.m., and I'm serious, when I say you either need to change or take a shower if you're sleeping here. That thing is filthy. Oh, what? Harley sat up. You don't enjoy my natural musk. Ivy was finding it increasingly difficult to focus on her equation. If she got it right, she could be on her way to an airborne pathogen that temporarily paralyzed her opponents. You surpassed natural long ago, Daffodil. Did anyone ever tell you you're incredibly condescending? Harleen asked. All the time. Ivy erased a flawed aspect of the formula. I can't take a shower until we've done your integration therapy, the blonde was on her feet now, hands on her hips. Ivy set her pencil down in frustration. Why? Because. Harley began like she was drained from explaining it already. I'm tired and if I take a shower then I'm going to fall asleep and forget about my obligations. MMM, Ivy resumed her work, unbothered. Oh, I see. Dr. Quinzel narrowed her eyes. That's your best case scenario. Ivy grunted in an obvious dismissal of the deeper conversation. Harley crossed her arms and shot the redhead another death glare. Pamela, I'm serious, the other woman didn't acknowledge her, just furiously erasing what was on her notebook. Hey! Harley snatched the paper away from her. Ivy's green eyes blazed with fury, but Harley didn't back down. I was talking to you. Ivy bristled. No fun being ignored, is it? Harley moved atop her in a precise and powerful motion. She watched as Ivy flinched below her and recognized that not being thrown across the room meant progress had been made. For months ago there was no way Ivy would have let Harley sit on her lap like this, and definitely not if she'd done it so suddenly. Harley didn't say anything, just took audible, calming breaths, encouraging Pamela to do the same. Her shaking stopped after a few seconds, but she was still unwilling to make eye contact. It's okay. Harley told her. Look at my hands, she held them up so Pam could see. I'm not going to touch you with them right now, okay? Can you feel my weight on your thighs? Ivy nodded, her jaw clenched like she was getting a shot from the doctor. Good. Harleen smiled. That's all it's going to be for right now. Pamela. Have I ever hurt you before? Yes. She rephrased the question. Has Harleen ever hurt you? Physically. Ivy shook her head. That's right, Harley smiled again. Do you feel safe with me? Ivy hesitated for a moment, but then nodded, slowly inching her vision up so she was now staring at the gray fabric of Harley's collar. Good. Now do I have permission to touch you with my hands? Again, the green woman hesitated, but eventually nodded. 
The blonde smiled and massaged her palms up Ivy's arms and onto her shoulders. How do you feel? she asked. V. Ivy's breath hitched as the blonde gently placed her hands on either side of her face. Vulnerable. MHM. Dr. Quinzel nodded, idly tracing her thumb over Ivy's cheekbone. That's sort of a shitty feeling, huh? Pamela finally met her eyes in an affirmation. Yeah. Harley nodded again, moving slightly closer. But vulnerability can be a bit of a double-edged sword. It's scary, but can also be kind of nice depending on who you're surrendering to. She pressed her lips to Ivy's and held them there for a few moments. Ivy didn't kiss back, she hadn't expected her to. Harley drew back, but didn't separate completely, just rested her nose against the other woman's. See? That wasn't so bad, she smiled. Now I could go take a shower, but my internal clock is all messed up and I am starving. I'm ordering pizza from that horrible 24-hour place on the corner, and you're going to pay for it, okay? Ivy wrapped her hands around the small of Harley's back and kissed her with more passion than Harley had experienced from her outside of the bedroom, and Harley was on top. Breakthrough, breakthrough, the blonde sang in her head to the Blue's Clues theme. But you hate that pizza, Ivy reminded her. True, Harley agreed. But I hate that kale salad in your fridge a lot more. Catwoman was experiencing the unique sensation of all her blood rushing to her head. She could faintly make out the sound of a person whistling, but her senses were too overloaded to focus on anything else. It smelled like bleach and battery acid, she felt like she was in a straitjacket, and just by the feeling in her head she was fairly certain that she was hanging upside down. Slowly, the mental fog began to lift and she blinked to bring the room into better focus. The first thing she was able to confirm was that yes, she was hanging upside down. The whistling grew consistently louder, echoing off the metal walls of what appeared to be an abandoned warehouse. Perfect. Though she soon realized her location was the least of her problems when she discovered why the smell of bleach was burning her nostrils, she was suspended over a vat of bright green liquid. Acid of some kind, it seemed, judging by the pervasive chemical smell. And she wasn't wearing a straitjacket, she was bound by thick chains that cut painfully into her latex suit. The whistling suddenly stopped and that all-too-familiar voice cut through the air like a rusted blade. Why, good morning. So glad you could join us. Catwoman squinted past the chemical fumes, trying to locate her captor. Yoohoo! Over here, princess. Catwoman could see him now, waving his arms at her from a metal walkway above the tank. Foiled by Poison Ivy and then kidnapped by Joker. This isn't even my story. You're a lot heavier than you look, you know, the clown said, peering down at her with his chin resting on his elbows on the hand railing. Fit as a fiddle, though, that's for sure. Catwoman thought she might vomit. Her mouth had been hanging open and it was almost too dry to speak, with a crackle she asked, why am I here? Joker sighed. Why are any of us here, really? What's our higher purpose, he began to strut around, emulating a peacock with his green, spiked hair and bright purple suit. I assume. Catwoman swallowed. There's a reason you're torturing me. The Joker cackled. Princess, I haven't even touched you yet. I just wanted a chat. Is there any particular reason I'm hanging over a vat of spiked laundry detergent, she asked. Is there ever. 
He laughed again, his face contorting horribly as the sound escaped his throat. This is a special place for me, Kitty. This is where I found my beginning. Where the jokes finally got funny. I think you're confusing sickness with humor, Catwoman grunted, crunching at the stomach in an attempt to get further from the acid. Ugh, fine. Joker thrust his hands back on the railing. We'll cut to the chase, you're already beginning to bore me. I need you to direct me to our dear friend Pam. We've fallen out of touch, as of late, and it's breaking my heart. What the fuck do you want with Ivy? And why does everyone suddenly care what she's up to? Catwoman tried again to sit up, but failed, flopping back down into her original position. Well, Kitty, a man has certain urges, and there's something about that botanical bodice that just gets me all hot and bothered, Joker grinned, showing every one of his pearly white teeth. Somehow, I doubt that, Catwoman gritted, a migraine racking her skull. I may not have a background in psychology, but there's no way this whole mass murderer thing of yours isn't tied in some way to erectile dysfunction. The chain she was strung up on dropped her a few inches closer to the surface of the poisonous liquid. I'm the Joker. You don't make jokes about me. All right, you insecure little fuck. Catwoman tried her best to keep the panic out of her voice. Tell me what you actually want with her, and I'll tell you where she is. The Joker laughed. I respect your moxie, but you're hardly in a position to bargain, princess. Sure I am, Catwoman spat. I can guarantee you I'm the only one that knows where she is, and I've got a bonus for you. Ooh, a bonus prize. Joker looked excited. Gimme gimme gimme. You have to let me down first. Where's the fun in that for me? His eyes gleamed. Catwoman lay still, this might actually be working. Well, I don't know what you want with Ivy, but if it has anything to do with that cute little doctor she's been entertaining, the one that works at Arkham. You must know her. Joker quirked an eyebrow. Blonde, legs go on for days. I didn't look that closely, Catwoman tried to ignore the pain where the chain was digging into her. But yeah, that one. Two for one deal, what do you say? But you have to let me up first. The clown narrowed his eyes. No jokes. The jokes are my thing. Got it, Catwoman nodded. Slowly, the chain began to raise her so she was eye to eye with him. I need my feet to be touching the ground, she said. So temperamental. Joker shook his head, but obliged her, pulling her bound form onto the balcony with him and flipping her so she was standing on the metal grate. Now cut the chain off. The Joker shook his head again, this time wagging his finger with a cheeky grin. That wasn't our deal. You're an escape artist, Kitty, you can handle those chains yourself. Tell me where the girls are. Catwoman rattled the chains. He was right, she could handle them on her own. Let's just celebrate the fact that I negotiated with a known psychopath and not push our luck. 1510 Flynn Street, she told him. The clown's face contorted once more into his terrifying smile. Very good, princess. He placed his hand on Catwoman's chest and pushed her backwards over the balcony, sending her plummeting into the vat of acid below. Chapter 46 I'm really not hungry, Ivy assured Harley, who was madly gabbing vegetables out of the fridge. If I'm eating, you're eating, Harley insisted. 
It's what people do, they eat together. Ivy rolled her eyes. Your pizza isn't even here yet. Yeah, but your veggies take a while to make, Harley smiled over her shoulder at Ivy who'd moved from the couch to the table. Harleen, I honestly don't care how they're prepared. I could eat them raw. Now I'm going to change because I no longer have a need for this outfit, she referred to her bat-approved bodysuit. I suggest you do the same. Harley shook her head. No way, Jose. I'm better at everything in this outfit. Even cooking. Ivy pinched the bridge of her nose, remembering the silent promise she'd made to herself not to act like Harleen's mother. Can you at least take that silly cowl off? She asked. Not a chance, the girl winked. You took it off earlier. Ivy grumbled, pushing her chair back from the table. Well that's cause I didn't want Cha cheatin' on me, the blonde giggled, throwing some unevenly sliced vegetables into a pan on the stove. Pamela trudged up the stairs. You're going to have to take it off when the pizza guy comes, she yelled back over her shoulder. Yeah yeah whatever you say, Red, Harley muttered to herself, wearing the kind of delirious grin that only existed after midnight. She plopped some coconut oil into the pan with a satisfying sizzle. Don't Cha think it's a little weird that Red only eats veggies? I mean, she is a giant veggie, so, ain't that like, cannibalism? Harley, let's think for a moment, shall we? What are plants grown in? Of dirt. Right, but sometimes blank is used to further fertilize the soil, right? Ooh, ooh. What is, fertilizer? It's compost, you dunce. Plants eat plants all the time, and anyway, she's not a plant, she's a hybrid. All right there, genius. We're getting awfully specific about a lady that's got green skin. There ain't exactly protocol for stuff like this. Whatever, Harley, she's right. It's time to take off the suit. You've had your fun and you did a great job, but it's really time for me to take the reins. Harley stirred the vegetables furiously. Will you quit playing this game with me? We both know this ain't even a real psychological condition. You just want an excuse to be immature sometimes. For who can be immature sometimes? Ivy asked, coming up behind her at the stove. Who are you talking to? Oh just Dr. Jekyll, she told the redhead with a slight frown. Pamela's body tensed at that. Okay, Daffodil. How about we turn off this stove? She maintained eye contact as she turned the dial, shutting off the flame. And let's get this mask off you. She pulled off Harley's Batgirl cowl. There. There's my Harleen, she cooed as tears formed in Harley's eyes. I'm guessing this is an example of vulnerability, right? How about you surrender to me and not Harley, okay? I'm not sure she has your best interest in mind. The blonde nodded, lunging forward to kiss the other woman. Ivy stopped her. We're not going to do that right now. Where's your medication, Harleen? The girl pouted. I finished it all. How long ago? Ivy asked, clearly worried. Yesterday. Ivy was relieved. She didn't know much about the ins and outs of psychiatric care, from a doctor's standpoint that is, but she knew about dosing methods, and only missing a day wasn't the end of the world. Harleen was just tired and frazzled, and a missed dose wasn't helping. 
Well why didn't you tell me, sweet pea? I'm going to get you more, okay. It's in my lab, though, so I'm going to have to leave you and Harley alone for a little while. Batgirl. Harley is my secret identity. Batgirl, Ivy nodded like she was placating her, placing a kiss on the girl's forehead before walking quickly to her makeshift lab. Harleen wiped her tears and cursed herself for breaking down in front of Pamela again. She was supposed to be the helpful one. God, she was a shitty therapist. And after that breakthrough today, how was Pamela ever going to trust her judgment if Harleen kept relapsing to adolescence? Stupid, 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 Harley. Harleen had given her other half Batgirl for a reason, to provide Harley with an outlet and a purpose. To create her own Olympics by helping people. She had the physical skill set for it, after all. But Harley was clearly abusing the olive branch. The Joker ripped through the streets of Gotham City, laughing out the window as he went, paying very little attention to the nightlife around him. He sped around a corner, almost colliding head-on with a car going in the opposite direction. The driver flipped him off and got out of his car, chasing Joker down the street. Joker slammed on the brakes, his tires screeching as he popped out of the driver's seat before the vehicle had stopped moving. Completely. He aimed his gun at the other man's head and took a quick shot, sending him crumpling to the pavement. I suppose that wasn't very funny. The clown was briefly remorseful, though for the bad joke, not the murder. Ah well, he grinned and gleefully ran back to his car, clicking his heels in the air just before he reached it. He couldn't for the life of him remember why he had a vendetta against Poison Ivy, but no matter, the wheels were already in motion. And she didn't have much of a sense of humor, which was an offense punishable by death, in Joker's book. He'd figure it out when he got there. A pale hand shot up from the depths of the glowing green liquid. It found purchase on the edge of the vat and worked in tandem with the second hand to pull the body up on the side, to the small metal grate that served as a platform above the acid. What remained of the black latex costume was singed and discolored, only covering the most intimate places on Catwoman's body. The mask had been burned off altogether, leaving a fear-stricken Selina Kyle convulsing on the vat's platform. She shook and spasmed like there were invisible taser wires connected to every nerve in her body. Her usually thick black hair was falling out in places, worse than that, it appeared to have been dyed purple on one side. Her healthy olive complexion was gone, replaced with a pervasive and altogether disturbing paleness like Joker himself. When the convulsion stopped, the vomiting began. She felt as though she'd been hit by a nuclear bomb, her insides all wanting to turn out. When her stomach had been rid of all its contents, Selena began to laugh. A cruel laugh. Aimed at her misfortune. Tears of joy and sorrow rolled down her cheeks, and threw the grate down to the acid below where they sizzled as they hit the surface. I'm gonna kill him, she wheezed between tears and fits of laughter. I am going to kill him. Chapter 47 Ivy. Harley yelled from the kitchen table. She'd been told to stay put and specifically not to play with the stove. Red, can I make hot chocolate? Ivy didn't answer. It wasn't easy to hear what was going on in the kitchen from her lab. Hot chocolate is easy, Red won't mind, the blonde hopped off of the wooden chair and turned the burner back on, filling the tea kettle with water from the tap. She crossed her arms over the bat symbol on her chest and waited, watching the flames lap at the bottom of the metal cylinder. 
She smiled when she heard it whistle and shut the burner off again. Only you can prevent forest fires, she reminded herself, taking a mug from the cupboard and filling it with two heaping scoops of hot cocoa mix. Harley was just about to sit back down at the table with her beverage when the doorbell rang. The pizza guy, but shit. She still had her Batgirl costume on. Harley looked around the room and noticed one of Pamela's oversized nightshirts laying on the couch. She must have brought it for her from upstairs. Gratefully, Harley pulled the white fabric over her head, electing to leave her gray and blue suit underneath. The shirt was more like a dress, so to the pizza guy, it would probably just look like she was wearing leggings. She tightened her pigtails and grabbed Pam's wallet from the table, or Paula's wallet, she should say. Harley quickly glanced back over her shoulder towards the hallway, worried that Ivy would walk out with her natural green skin tone. She couldn't hear anyone approaching, so she twisted the door's handle and pulled it open. The first thing Harley saw was the barrel of the gun. The moonlight glinted off of its shiny surface, making it stand out against the black backdrop of the night. Harley's eyes followed the gun up to the purple glove, and then to his suit and finally his face, which glowed as eerily as his weapon. Hello, Dr. Quinzel, the Joker sneered. I was feeling a little down, thought I might drop by for a midnight session. Yeah, Batgirl might have been a better choice for this altercation. Harleen cleared her throat, trying to keep her hand from shaking. Good evening, Mr. Joker. How did you, um, find you? The clown guessed. Well, first I found a kindred spirit in a mutual acquaintance, he chuckled. Sweet girl. She was sorry she couldn't make it. Is that right? Dr. Quinzel nodded slowly. I'd love to compliment your home, but I'm afraid I can't see much of it standing here on the porch. Aren't you going to invite me in? Joker grinned. Oh, well. Harley awkwardly took a sip of her cocoa in an attempt to look more in control of the situation. I was actually just heading to bed. If you're serious about scheduling a session, I would absolutely be open to putting something on the books tomorrow, maybe. A cup of sugar before bed. The clown pushed past the doctor into the house, knocking her momentarily off kilter. Naughty girl. Harleen gathered herself best she could, setting her mug down. I'm sorry, Joker, but this is highly inappropriate. I know you're not currently in Arkham, but technically you should be. The clown wasn't paying attention to her, he was studying the room around him. We have to maintain some semblance of professional boundaries, otherwise, when you get back to Arkham, I'll have to reassign you to another psychiatrist," Dr. Quinzel told him. Professional boundaries. Joker repeated, tasting the words on his tongue. Help me out here because I'm afraid I must be slow. You mean that we can't have contact outside of Arkham? That's right, Harleen nodded. Now if you wouldn't mind, I would really like to get to bed. Professional boundaries. He said again with a devious cackle. Do those only apply to me? Nope, Harley shook her head, sweating a little. It's a mandate all psychiatrists live by. Something caught Joker's attention. Pammy, so nice of you to join us, he was smiling over Harley's shoulder. Look at you girls. Two peas in a pod. Harley turned around guiltily to see Ivy standing at the entrance of the hallway wearing only a rose-colored shirt in the same style as Harley's. 
getting rid of her plants also meant getting rid of Ivy's early warning system. She had no way of knowing what she was walking into. I feel like this is a bit of a double standard, Joker laughed, pointing the gun at Harley. Ivy took a protective step forward, but Joker wagged his finger. Ah ah ah. That's not how this is going to work. You see this here, he shook the gun. This means I am in charge. Pamela crossed her arms and leaned casually against the doorframe. What do you want, she asked with the kind of cool disinterest Harleen wished she could pull off. Tell me, my Harlequin. He turned back to the blonde. What does she have that I don't? Tits. He cackled. But I have toys, princess. And do you know what toys and tits have in common? Neither woman responded. No. Nothing. Nobody? Fine. I'll tell you. They were originally made for kids, but Dad's the one that ends up playing with them. He opened his mouth in a gaping grin and looked from the blonde to the redhead, waiting for their reaction. Ivy rolled her eyes in annoyance and Harley tried not to flinch each time the gun jerked in his grip. There are many things I have that you don't, Ivy told him. We'd be here all night if we were forced to list them, so how about you save us all some time and piss off? Joker smiled thinly, his eyes clouding over with frustration. You remind me of another pretty girl I had a run-in with tonight. Things didn't end too well for her. It's a shame, really. I'm sure Batsy will be viewy angry, he mocked. Harley saw a spark light in Pamela's eyes. There was an unspoken conversation going on between her and the Joker that Harley had been left out of. Did you, did you hurt someone tonight, Joker? Dr. Quinzel asked. Joker shrugged. I'm afraid it was necessary. Pammy here ruined my plans. How was I supposed to know cats can't swim? You killed Catwoman because Batman and I found your C4. Poison Ivy's voice was higher than usual, almost shrill. Yes, well, unfortunately, that little pussycat was the only one who knew where you two were shacking up, and I just had to see it for myself. I mean, I have seen it many times, but that was just fantasy, he gleamed. The real thing is so much better. And might I add, holy hypocrites, Batman. It would be in your best interest to leave now, Joker, Ivy intoned as a vine began to crawl out of the darkness of the hallway behind her. Harley recognized it as a more formidable variation of the plant that lived on Ivy's bedside table in the master bedroom. The Joker took a shot at Harley's feet, and the blonde jumped to avoid the bullet with a yelp of fear. If that thing gets any closer to me, I will actually look where I'm shooting, he said, his smile sagging slightly, betraying the anger that lived behind it. Please, Joker, Harley sounded desperate. What do you want? Well, you on your knees would be a pretty picture. He winked. Ivy's eyes glowed a brighter shade of green and Harleen knew that things were about to head downhill fast, so she attempted to take charge. Pamela already used that line and I didn't like it when she said it either. I think it's fair to say that sexual favors are off the table. If you really did kill Catwoman, then Batman is probably on his way here right now to get revenge. You know nothing happens in Gotham without his knowledge. What a shame, the clown looked legitimately disappointed. She's got a mouth on her. I would have trained that out immediately, she'd have been my obedient little bitch. 
Pamela. Harley yelled as Ivy raised her hand. Don't. I'm fine. Dr. Quinzel watched as Ivy's shoulders started to subtly shake. Do you know why Batman always spares your life, Joker? Because he believes that everyone is worthy of a second chance. But there are some things that are irredeemable, even by his standards. Harley pulled her nightshirt over her head, revealing the bats at underneath. Killing Catwoman and Batgirl in one night. I think that would officially brand you a lost cause. Joker cocked his head to the side, taking in this new development with a curious mind. Harley could see the wheels turning behind his eyes before his face broke out into a devilish grin. You really have betrayed your kind, my poison apple, although he was clearly talking to Pam, his dark eyes remained locked on Harley's. You run around in tights like the rest of them, pretending you're a hero. But you're not a hero, are you? Heroes are weak. They live by codes that put them at a natural disadvantage. Being a hero hacks away at your abilities, it handicaps you. Decrease your control. His lips curled upwards. Harleen braved a glance at Ivy. She was clenching her fists in a rhythm, her head twitching on her neck. Although, maybe you are a hero, I mean, you've given up everything you believe in for some, human, he sneered. This one here, he waved the gun at Harley, she tamed you. She rehabilitated you. He laughed. I guess Arkham's program really is effective, huh? They're doing good work over there. All of the experimental treatments, the injections, the restraints, believe me, I went through them too. Poking and prodding, trying to make you into something that you're not. Pamela's eyes were closed and she was clearly using every trick Harleen had taught her to stay calm. Why does that sound so familiar? His eyes flitted to Ivy for a moment, obviously happy with the effect this was having on her. Harley opened her mouth to try and soothe Pam, but Joker pushed the gun closer to her and gave her a warning look. We hear things, you know, he continued. We Arkham Elite. Little bits and bobs about everybody. And do you know what I heard about you? He paused for a dramatic moment. I heard some professor over in Seattle seduced his naughty student and fucked the love of plants into her, and I heard she liked it. Was that you, Pammy? He snickered. Did you take his wood? Harley could feel it coming before it happened. Ivy reacted suddenly, her vine shooting out in a beeline towards Joker's outstretched arm. It made contact with a loud THWAP, but the sound of plants hitting skin was overpowered by the gunshot. Chapter 48 Coach had specifically instructed Harley not to look at the leaderboard, but she couldn't resist. It was so close she could feel it in her palms, the cold metal of the thick medallion that would be hanging from her neck. The gymnasium was silent aside from the occasional flash of a camera. Harley clapped the excess chalk from her hands and rubbed them down her legs, reminding each muscle that they had a specific job to do. She shook her calves out, shifting from one leg to the other, rolling her shoulders back and lolling her neck from side to side. Harley was ready. She knew she was ready. All that remained was to simply do. Harley stepped up to the end of the runway, staring down the springboard and vault that awaited her. She went through the moves in her head, projecting an image of herself completing the perfect vault. Sticking the landing and seeing her name move to the top of the leaderboard. The judges gave the green light telling her they were ready, and the world slowed. It was just her and the vault. 
the chalk suspended in the air, the smell of sweat and blisters, failure, success, and polished ponytails, the smell of a gymnastics meet. One thing stood between Harley and an all-around national championship, and her muscles twitched in anticipation. She took a deep breath, held her arms at her sides, and started at a sprint down the runway, transitioning from a run, to a round-off cartwheel onto the springboard, mounting the vault from a handspring position and tucking her arms close to her body as she twisted through the air in a layout. Her legs were straight as they rotated over her shoulder one last time and stuck firmly on the mat. She wobbled slightly, her right leg wanting to jut out and steady herself, but she held it there in line with her left, willing her body to be still. The smile spread over Harley's face before she raised her hands to present. She'd performed a textbook vault. A perfect vault. Harley Quinzel was a national champion, and she knew it. Joker's words clawed their way into Poison Ivy's mind. She could feel herself slipping away, the anger building up inside her like he was filling a gas tank and readying a match, and then she turned. It was inevitable. Joker knew it, Harley knew it, Ivy knew it. The vine shot toward him in record time, but she made a mistake. Her judgment was clouded by rage, and so instead of going for the gun, she went for the man holding it. She heard the shot, but it took her a few moments to sort out what had happened. Harley was lying on her back, motionless, while Joker writhed around on the ground laughing. Something like the word, no, escaped Ivy's throat without her knowledge as she crossed the room towards the girl, ignoring the psychopath to her left. Ivy saw the blood before she saw her face. It was seeping out the hole in the waist of her gray costume. The wound was perfectly centered roughly four inches below her navel. Ivy dropped to her knees at the girl's side. Harley's eyes were shut tightly, her face contorted in pain, her neck arching backwards and her jaw clenched. Where'd he get me, Red? Am I, am I bleeding, she asked through gritted teeth. Ivy's hand pressed questioningly at the wound, causing a thick river of blood to escape it. What are you, Harley's jaw clenched again in pain before she could finish, her eyes flitting open and locking on Ivy's now bloody hand. Where'd he get me, she repeated. Ivy. Her bright blue eyes were wide with fear. Am I gonna die? Ivy was kicked upside the head before she could answer. She groaned in pain as she lay on her side, faintly aware that Joker had followed through with his kick like a ballerina would, his trademark smile plastered on his face. She tried to pull herself up despite the pain in her jaw and her blurred vision, but Joker grabbed her by the neck and shoved her onto her back. Be a good girl for me, Pammy, the clown sneered. And then it wasn't the Joker she was seeing anymore, it was Jason Woodrow. There he was, hunched over her, restraining her. She could see the room and the light and the leather straps, and as Joker pressed the gun to her cheek, it was the syringe she saw, and the jack-o'-lantern grin. Joker pistol-whipped her, sending a mist of green blood spewing from her mouth. If she were an average human, that would have knocked her out, but Poison Ivy's unique physiology lent itself to a staying power that she often resented. She couldn't make a solid connection with her plant, not one substantial enough to direct precise movements, so she wouldn't have her head blown off. W.Y. are you doing this? She asked, fighting through the fog and the sharp pain in her jaw to find the words. The Joker's lips stretched into a look of sick satisfaction. To prove a point. Ivy thought it must be a hallucination, but above the points of his green hair she could see the buds of yellow daffodils, like they had sprouted right from his head. 
Then the flowers moved towards him, downwards on top of his head with a loud crash. The glass of the green vase splintered around him as he fell forward on top of Ivy. A woman stood before them, skin pale, clothes tattered, but her eyes, her eyes were the same, green and yellow, even more pronounced now against her iridescent complexion. The Ghost of Catwoman She grabbed Joker by the neck of his coat and pulled him off of Ivy, taking his shoulders in her hands and slamming him onto the ground over and over again, his head smashing against the hardwood each time. The sounds he was making, it was like he was attempting to laugh, but was choking instead. Ivy reached forward and grabbed a piece of broken flower vase off the floor, handing it to the apparition, who knew instantly what was meant by the gesture. Catwoman cut across his neck at a labored pace so any bit of him that was still conscious would feel the pain of the glass ripping through his skin, slicing through his veins and arteries. Selina watched as the light drained from his eyes along with the blood through his neck. She needs medical attention, Catwoman said, not yet lifting her eyes from her victim. Harley. Ivy felt nauseous when she moved, but she did so as quickly as she could, crawling over the shards of broken glass to the blonde's shaking form. Pam. Harley reached towards her, grabbing her by the shirt. The trickle of blood had turned into a pool. The splotch on her costume now spreads from the wound up to her bat symbol, giving the usually yellow wings a crimson tint. I think the bullet went all the way through. Ivy nodded, noticing the bullet lodged in the floorboards behind her. Where's that ointment you have that clots blood? Catwoman asked, assessing the situation from over Ivy's shoulder. M. Medicine Cabinet, Ivy answered, unable to pull her attention away from Harley to fully acknowledge Selena. Ivy heard her footsteps disappear at a jog down the hallway. I think your jaw is broken, Harley cringed to ignore her own pain. Ivy simply nodded and Catwoman returned with the ointment, holding it out to Ivy who wouldn't take it. Ivy. Selena yelled to get her attention. The green woman just stared blankly at the injured one below her. Jesus Christ, do I have to do everything myself? Selena asked, pushing Ivy aside to empty most of the bottle into Harley's wound. Harleen writhed in pain, arching her upper back at the stinging of the liquid, but that's all she could do, her lower body remained motionless on the ground. It was Catwoman who first noticed it. Ivy, I don't think she can move her legs, she intoned, watching as the girl's eyes shot open in terror. Ivy didn't respond. God damn it, Pamela. Selena slapped her in her already broken jaw. Get your shit together. I don't think your girlfriend can move her fucking legs. Ivy blinked as she watched Selena reach out and tap from Harley's thigh down to her knee. Can you feel any of that? No, tears streamed down the girl's face. I can't feel my legs, I can't feel my legs. Catwoman glanced over at Pam whose normally attentive green eyes were cloudy. Okay, the brunette turned her attention back to Harley. We're going to get you to a hospital, she slid her arm behind the younger woman's neck, but when the other went to complete the fireman's carry, Ivy slapped her hand away. It's a spinal cord injury, she said, her tone calm, even though her jaw was now blatantly askew. Carrying her like that risks further damage. She's still lucid and her skin, although slightly discolored, is not alarmingly pale or cold to the touch. The ointment ensures she's not going to bleed out. We're going to call for help and get her to the hospital on a proper stretcher. 
Both Harley and Catwoman beheld Ivy's tranquility strangely, but Catwoman nodded nonetheless and went to the landline on the counter. Don't call 911, call Bruce, Ivy said. Selena turned around slowly. You, you know. Dial the number, Ivy commanded, getting off of her knees. Where are you going? Harley asked frantically. To reset my jaw, Ivy told her. Chapter 49 She's out of surgery now, Bruce said, hoping to inspire some reaction in Ivy. She sat at the window on a folding chair, blankly surveying the grounds of the hospital. She didn't answer him or even acknowledge his presence. She's awake, he elaborated. Selena's in there now, but I think she might rather see you. M.M., Ivy nodded, not offering him much else. I'm sorry that we had to restrain you, Bruce offered, coming farther into the room. You were being reckless. M.M., Ivy nodded again. I am a criminally insane psychopath, after all. Bruce crossed his arms. Is this a pity party? I'm not one of your kids, Ivy muttered through the side of her mouth, her movement restricted by the temporary brace the doctors had implanted to help her jaw grow back together. Don't talk to me like I'm some moody teenager you're taking under your wing. Bruce shrugged. I'm treating you like you're acting. I'm acting like a woman who shot her G, her psychiatrist in the spine, Ivy pressed her face closer to the glass, tucking her knees to her chest and gently rocking back and forth. You didn't shoot her. Ivy shrugged. I missed it. I had a chance to take the gun away, but I wanted to kill him instead. I missed and she got shot. Ergo, I shot her. That's an awfully big jump, Bruce told her, his voice softer than the one he used for Batman. Perhaps, Ivy rested her chin over her elbows as she moved in a subtle rhythm back and forth. Do you blame yourself for Selena's accident? Bruce thought for a moment, watching the woman's red hair sway with her momentum. I do. Batman or Bruce? Ivy followed up. Both. The woman nodded. And so you see, sometimes the shoulders of blame and responsibility are irrational. Bruce took another step closer to her. Blame and responsibility are a part of the human condition. You feel that gives credence to Dr. Quinzel's work. She would want to hear that. It's my responsibility I feel, Ivy told him. And responsibility is primal. It's a calling. A station in life, few among us are ever given real responsibility, but I have been given it in spades. A higher calling was thrust upon me. A responsibility far greater than Harlene Quinzel, and yet she is what occupies my mind. It's a distraction. You can have both, I promise you can. Oh? Do you have both? Ivy chuckled. Seems your main squeeze is now just as broken as mine. They are consenting adults, Pamela, Bruce's tone was growing steadily more bitter. They know who we are. They wear costumes the same as us. What happened to Harlene doesn't make you any less of a hero. You've made incredible progress. Ivy laughed, a sound devoid of humor. I was already a hero, Batman. I was a hero to the voiceless, the plants at your feet that are mercilessly bulldozed without a second thought. The earth itself as it is ravaged by the very life which it sustains. It gives, selflessly, only asking for gentleness in return, 
and yet, you abuse it, she dropped her knees and turned to him, her gaze searing. You sick, utterly insignificant meat sacks. I am the physical embodiment of mother. Nature, standing before you, having blossomed from homo sapien simplicity to the goddess you see here, she spread her arms wide, showing him her elegant form. And now you ask that I give more of myself. That I forfeit my true calling to you a man and his cause. The bane of my very existence. What have you done to deserve me? Her words spilled from her lips rapidly, desperately. Or are you not asking? Will you just take it? Fall in line with the others like you and break me just because you can. Ivy was standing now. I possess more power in my fingertip than you or your entire species, in this world or the next. You lose. You parasite. I am the master of this domain. You will not ravage me. Twenty minutes later, Poison Ivy was back in her straitjacket having been admitted to the psych ward of the hospital on Batman's recommendation. Harley's eyes blinked open on the morning of the third day of the rest of her life. She scanned the room quickly. It was the same hospital suite she'd woken up to the day before. Furnished and altogether pleasant compared to the usual digs. She supposed this was more of a recovery room. Morning, Selena Kyle murmured from her chair, her eyes heavily lidded with sleep. Where's Pamela? Harley asked immediately. Selena tussled her now multicolored hair, the purple in it making her look like she played bass in a subpar band. She's presently indisposed. Harley tried to sit up further, but faltered when she attempted to pull her hips flush with the headboard, her legs wouldn't respond. Oh, right, Harley thought she might cry again. Her face was already puffy from crying herself to sleep the night before, but she still didn't look half as bad as Selena, who had essentially been dipped in radioactive bleach. None of them had made it out of that night unscathed. A knot began to form in the blonde's stomach. Does she, does she not want to see me? Selena sighed, a look of pity laced into her expression. Isley is a tough nut to crack. Harleen glanced somberly down at the mounds of her legs beneath the blanket. She doesn't want to see me, her eyes narrowed slightly, her features hardening. I'm just a broken human. She doesn't even think I'm worthy of her time. Okay, hey, slow down there, Selena sat forward. Pam went a little off her rocker. Batman put her in the psych ward. Let's not start a fucking pity party. Harley laughed cruelly. Oh, I don't get a pity party. Last time I checked I found out I was paralyzed only 72 hours ago. Fairly certain I can cry if I want to. Selena crossed her arms. You can cry all you want. I wouldn't take that away from you. I have a difficult time crying now due to the poisoning of my tear ducts, but whatever. Go ahead. Cry. Okay, how about you walk to a pharmacy and get yourself some eye drops, then? Harleen spat. I'm sorry, Selena told her with a surprising degree of authenticity. I just, look, please don't give up on Pam right now, all right. I know she's a bitch and I hate. That she's not here for you right now, both because it means I have to be and because I know it fucking sucks waking up to this new reality all alone. Harley looked at the new Catwoman for what felt like the first time. What happened to you? You know what happened to me, Selena murmured. 
Harley watched her body language grow slower and more guarded. No, I mean, when you were in there. What happened? You're not my therapist, Selena snapped. You were supposed to be hers. Harleen's brow furrowed. What are you talking about? I'm saying, the brunette began, the vexation evident in her expression. That if I had to pick a villain here, it would be you. Ivy is talking to herself again. The last time she did that was after the two-face thing. I might hate her fucking guts, but whether I like it or not, Pamela Isley is my friend. She has to be. It's just me and her in this nasty fucking city. Me, her, and a lot of men who think that this whole thing is theirs. She may very well be the worst person on the planet now that Joker's gone, but I'll tell you what, if this city were to suddenly break out into some civil war, she wouldn't even have to ask me. I'd just be there, fighting alongside her. Why? Because I don't have to like her to respect her, and I imagine she feels the same way about me. She gave me a serum to make me better, and I can guarantee you it's the only reason I survived my little bath. Catwoman paused to regard the blonde's bewildered expression. I don't respect you. You went for a quick fix and played her stupid fucking games. And yeah of course she wanted you. She's pretty fucking repressed, if you ask me. She's never been rejected by a man, and she never will be, she's got those fair fucking whatevers. I've never seen her actually let herself be with a woman, even though, like, duh. Then I get to her house the other night, and I see her in a nightshirt. A fucking nightshirt. I've known Ivy for, ten, ten years now. And I have literally never seen her in anything but her Arkham uniform or her leotard, aside from her occasional disguises, I mean. That's insane to me that she was that comfortable with you. Absolutely insane. It's unprecedented, Doogie. Look, I don't know what Joker did to her before I got there, but it sent her flying off her rocker again. Please. As her therapist or as her, I don't know, nightshirt buddy, save her from this fucking spiral. Because from the look of it, she's going down hard. Selena stood up and brushed off her oversized sweatshirt. I'm going to vomit now because I've essentially been diagnosed with something amounting to radiation poisoning, and I had the audacity to think I could drink some orange juice this morning. Harley hadn't realized she was crying. She sloppily wiped the tears from her eyes with the back of her hand and tried not to look at Catwoman as she left. Selena stopped and glanced back at her. Harleen, she said, her voice a little softer. This, she patted the blonde's leg. Is absolute bullshit. I am so sorry that this happened to you. So fucking sorry. Harley slowly raised her glossy blue eyes to meet the other woman. I can't walk. She whispered. The brunette nodded. I know. You were an incredible athlete, Harleen. It was an honor to try and kick your ass. I'm still waiting for that fair fight. Me versus you, no vines, she smiled kindly. And you absolutely deserved a spot on that Olympic team. How do you know that? Harley asked. Because I watched the tape of your national championship, Catwoman laughed. I wanted to see what inspired me. And? And, that vault was fucking perfect. Let's think of this whole thing as temporary, okay? I'm a cynical motherfucker, anyone could tell you that, but I would like it if you held out some hope. 
All right, Batgirl. Harleen sniffed. All right. They can bury me in the ground as deep as they like, Ivy mumbled, but I'll grow back. We always grow back. Don't we, baby? She smiled at the rosebush blossoming just outside her window. Chapter 50 Selena stood in front of the mirror in her hospital suite's private bathroom. The staff let her roam around the wing, which was nice of them, she guessed, but they took blood at three-hour intervals and she was really supposed to leave her foreign as it was providing her the necessary fluids that her body was constantly expelling. It had been five days since her little bath, and her skin showed no signs of returning to its former healthy olive complexion. Robin had been kind enough to bring her the makeup she'd requested from the store since Selena herself was not allowed to leave the hospital, only her room, and only to visit either Harleen or Ivy. Ivy had, of course, refused to actually see her, and Harleen was a mess most of the time, so their visits hardly helped to cheer Selena up. Plus, she really didn't know the girl all that well. They'd only met twice before all this, well, three times, actually but twice as Selena and Harleen, and all she'd really learned about her was she was a psychiatrist who abused the doctor-slash-patient relationship and also a former gymnast. A talented gymnast, but at this point that hardly mattered. Selena held the dark foundation in her hand. She'd already exfoliated and moisturized, and in doing Southwest noticed that every square inch of skin on her body was hypersensitive, like her nerve endings were exposed to the air or something. Putting makeup on probably wasn't the best thing for her physical health, but mentally, she required some relief from the abomination that stared back at her from the mirror. She poured some of the thick liquid onto her hand and began to apply it to her cheeks, evening it out with a soft foam sponge. She would need to do this to every surface of her skin, every day, for the rest of her life. And that realization made her tired. She wanted to be mad. She would eventually be mad. But right now she was just tired. Even more strange, she couldn't bring herself to blame Poison Ivy for any of it. The Joker was already gone, Selena had taken care of that, so Ivy should have been the next best thing. But Selena felt oddly protective of her, and that's how she knew she was close to losing her shit. Is this how Pamela had felt after her transformation? Selena felt less than human, but Ivy actually was less than human. True, she'd learned how to manipulate her skin color, but how long had that taken? How many days, months or years had she lived as an outcast? Suddenly, her reclusive tendencies made sense to Selena. In fact, maybe Ivy had the right idea, and that was officially the most depressing thought that had ever crossed her mind. Selena wanted to cry, but her body wouldn't let her. So she sobbed without tears, letting her shoulders shake as the sadness came in waves. Nurse. Harleen yelled from her bed. No one came. Her stupid nurse summoning button was broken, and for the life of her she couldn't project her voice far enough to get anyone's attention. Gee, it's a good thing I'm not having a seizure or something. It was day six and Harley was getting restless. She'd made a decision. Nurse, she yelled again. But it was Bruce who answered the call. Harleen acknowledged, for what felt like the 100th time, that he was very handsome, and then moved on. I want to get up. Bruce shook his head. Spinal cord injury. You have to stay put. No, Harleen huffed. I don't have to do anything. Please. 
I can't be here anymore. I need a break. Please. Let me be useful. You want to see Ivy? I want to see Ivy. Bruce crossed his arms and Harley decided that she liked his black sweater. We need to debrief first. Debrief what? Harleen asked. Joker tracked us down for retribution over our raid by trying to kill Catwoman, then he came to our to Ivy's house, shot me, attacked her, then Catwoman came back and killed him. Seems pretty straightforward. Bruce nodded slowly. Why were you in your suit without your cowl? Harley sighed. I thought I would try and bank on his relationship with you. He was holding me over Ivy's head, and I figured, with her temper, we'd both have a better chance of making it through if you were in charge of the negotiation rather than her. Bruce's brow knit together. Interesting. I wasn't exactly in my right mind either. Obviously it didn't work out, see, she slapped her leg hard. Don't, Bruce's voice tightened. Harley retracted her hand and crossed her arms, mirroring Bruce's now steely demeanor. I'm going to need clothes. I don't want her seeing me like this. Why? He asked. Harleen felt her eyes begin to well up again. Because. Her words were trapped in her throat. Because, I can't, okay. Please, she swallowed. Just, please. Bruce observed the look of utter helplessness on her face, nodded somberly, and exited the room. Harleen was not allowed to turn the wheels of her own chair. That was evidently very important. She had to sit with her hands on her lap and try to keep her upper body as stationary as possible. So, essentially, remain useless. She straightened her tie as the nurse stopped in front of Ivy's door. Does she have a designated doctor here? The nurse nodded. I'll see if he's around, she left Harleen in the hallway and returned about five minutes later with the doctor in tow. He was in his late fifties or early sixties, graying hair, a bit put out looking. Harley greeted him. I'm Dr. Quinzel. I was Dr. Isley's psychiatrist at Arkham Asylum. She's not allowed visitors right now, he told her gruffly. This is a hospital, not a prison, Harley reminded him. I'm a medical professional, and I would like to see her, please. This is obviously a significant relapse for her. In order to move forward with our treatment, I need to assess her. The doctor narrowed his eyes, which Harleen took as a begrudging okay. She turned back to the nurse. I need you to open the door and let me observe her briefly, then bring me back out here, and I'll figure out a strategy. The nurse nodded and twisted the handle of the door, pushing it open and Harley's chair through it.